is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. And we got Derek on the phone. Let's just jump right into it. Let's jump right in then. Joining us now on the program is the Black Beast himself, Derek Lewis, who is now fighting... For a UFC title next month. That sounds good to me, my man. Derek Lewis on the program. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. How y'all doing up there? Man, no complaints. Uh, I, I see you big-timed us for the Astros game, throwing out the first pitch, huh? Everybody's like, they, were, they were saying, oh, Derek's going to be in studio, 5 o'clock, don't worry. And then I get the text, oh, Derek's throwing out the first pitch at the Astros game. He, he's, he's not doing your show anymore. Yeah, I'd rather do your show than throw out the first pitch. But the but the Astros need bullpen help, so they they were like, "Can we save an arm if Derek throws?" Maybe that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, but your show is more important than Astros. Well, yeah, the Astros have 162 games a year. They're good. They get uh, listen. Are you? I, I asked I asked you this yesterday at the gym, and I, I'm curious if you've given any more thought to it. Are you nervous about throwing the pitch? Like, what if you what if you make a bozo throw? Like, it doesn't get to home plate or something. Um. The catcher, whoever the catcher want to be, they need to um, sign a waiver or something because I'm trying to throw some heat on the pitch. I'm, I'm looking at at least 110, 115 speed. Have you ever played baseball in your life? No. Okay, do you know how to grip? No, I played a little bit. Do you know how to grip a baseball to pitch it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you've, 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 uh, you're ready. You're ready. Yeah, I'm going to grease it up, though. They, they allow me to grease, grease the ball. It's like um, with some uh, spider <laughs> tag. Right oh, yeah. Have so, you'll have some on your belt. That's a good move. Uh, well, I I would worry. The, the The thing I'm worried about is if you make a bad pitch, and then like Francis sees it, like he's he, <laughs> like he'll he'll think you're a bitch or something, and that would that would be the worst. Yeah, I know, I know. I, but my right hand, I will show my right hand. He, he's gonna see it's gonna be some heat on it. Okay. There will be a lot of follow-ups. So, I, I was talking about this before you came on, you know, and, and we talked about it yesterday, that Francis, as soon as the uh, the fight was announced for for you and, and Cyril Ghosn, uh, the interim title, Francis's people came out and said, well, we would have fought in September. And I, I talked to Bob, and, and I talked to you, and that's just not true, right? Yeah, it's just not true, because we've been trying to fight him since, June twelfth, um, we was, we was supposed to fight, but he didn't want to um, sign a contract, and we were supposed to fight him August seventh, and he said no. Um, so he was saying September, and so we had to try to reach out to him for September, and we never got heard any word back from him. So we just moved on from the situation. Now, now I know after after the Blades fight. You were basically saying, "Listen, I'm not fighting anybody unless it's for a title." And I, I think you assumed that that meant you would fight Nganu. Were you surprised that they said, "Okay, well, we're moving on from this. Let, let's get into let's get into the next thing, which is now Derek and, and Cyril gone." Were you surprised that they did that? Yes, I was surprised. But then I heard that I was still going to get paid the same, so it didn't <laughs> matter to me. I'd be fighting AJ Hoffman. Oh, guess no, or, or over there at Montrose where he likes to hang out at. <laughs> it didn't matter to me. <laughs> I don't know why you put my business out there like that, but that's all right. That's all right. Uh, I, you said yesterday for this fight with Cyril that you're looking to 
but you're, you want to be in the best shape you've ever been. You want to be able to throw a lot of volume. You want to be, you want to be a, a cardio athlete for this thing. What have you changed about your training to make that happen? Well, I've been doing a lot of um, stairs, like running up and down the stairs over there off um, Allen Parkway. Been doing a lot of that and just going two or three a day. You know, just being more active. But even though um, this is a guy over here named Hunter, he was with the Rockets. Uh-huh. But, yeah, he made one of the UFC staff spend over $1,000 on food yesterday. Then today, yeah, I'm putting him on the bus. Then today, um, he tried to bring, like, 10 double cheeseburgers from Shake Shack and a milkshake, large fry, and wanted me to eat it, and put all the food in front of me. And thinking I wasn't going to eat it, so I ended up eating. Now I feel guilty and bad. Like, man, now I got really trained. More, so, so. <laughs> why is Hunter doing that to you? Doesn't he? Know, did you not tell him that you're like, hey, I'm really working on my cardio? And do you think maybe he's a uh, an insider for gone? That's what I was thinking too. He might be for France. He don't say a lot. I don't trust so, him honestly. I don't trust Hunter one bit. Yeah, uh, you, you you better keep an eye on him. Uh, so, Gon is a, a smaller dude. I, I mean, do, and do you feel like you can go into that fight carrying less weight than you normally do? Or, and do you feel like you want to go into that fight carrying less weight than you normally do? Um, it's just myself. I just focus on myself. As long as I feel like I feel good in there, I don't care how my opponent come in. I don't care if they come in the best shape of their life. Just as long as I'm feeling comfortable and good in there. I believe I could be any man. I don't care what kind of skills they have or what. I just believe in myself. I always have. Are you surprised that, I mean, obviously you've, you've become a very popular fighter with the UFC. You've already fought for a title once against Daniel Cormier. Are you surprised that people continue to doubt you and that, you know, like I, I, was, tell, I was talking to you yesterday about the odds makers that – Volkov, Alexander Volkov was plus 130 against Gon, and then you opened at plus 260 against him, and you beat Alexander Volkov. Like, are, are you, I mean, do you, does it fuel you at all? Or are you tired of it? How do you deal with people doubting you at this point in your career? Oh, not at all. Not at all. The crazy thing is, like, I've been winning a lot of them fights back in the days, so, like, I wasn't even training hard. You know, now that I'm training hard, now, you know, whoever put money on me is going to make some money. When you say you're, you weren't training hard, at what point do you feel like you really started to train hard? Like, when, when did you really say, okay, I'm going to take this seriously now? Um, after my surgery. When I, once I had my surgery after JDS loss, um, I decided on just trying to spend more time in the gym. You know, so I wasn't doing that at first. I was spending like a half an hour a day in the gym. And most of all my partners train like two or three times a day, all day long. They eat right and everything, the everything they need to do like a professional athlete supposed to. And I wasn't doing none of that. My whole career I wasn't until um, a year and a half ago. Do you, how much of an influence has Bob had on that? I know, obviously, you, you've changed a lot as a fighter since you guys started working together, but how, how much of that professionalism comes from, from him pushing you for that stuff? Oh, yeah, Bob, he helped me a lot. He made me... He, Put, put it in my head and let me know that, hey, man, um, we need to turn it up. We need to do a lot more than what we've been doing, you know, um, because he really believed I could be champion and um, that, you know, just set my family up. And we got the opportunity right now to make 
as much money as he can at this fight right now and could retire in a few years. And so we just put, keep putting it in my head that it is right there. You know, it's not that much harder that we could work. When you watch uh, Gon fight Volkov, it, it, did did you take anything away from it? Were you impressed with Gon at all, or do you just look at him as just another dude? I just look at him just like another dude. It's, to me, that fight right there is just like a kickboxing fight. You know, nobody looking for the finish. They're just really standing around, smiling at each other, just sitting up there, just tapping, tapping leg kicks, tapping punches. So it wasn't really entertaining to me. Now, the Gon fight, obviously with, with you and Francis, and there's video now, video circulating uh, even yesterday of weigh-ins where, uh, or, or of the, uh, the face-off where Francis told you you were, gonna, you were going to sleep tomorrow or something like that, is, and you shoved him at the weigh-ins. Is there, is there a personal beef with you and Francis at this point? Is it ugly with the two of you? Um, it's always ugly with anyone that goes in. I don't like none of these guys. I'm not trying to be their friend. I'm not trying to... Um, Buy no beer from, buy a beer from, from from them or for them or anything like that. So I really don't care about none of these guys. So any of them could get it anytime. I, you know what? I've always been when I was when I obviously I didn't fight nearly the level you did, but I tried to make myself hate everybody that I fought, and the one time I didn't, I lost. When you fought Daniel Cormier, it seemed like you guys there was yeah. like a mutual respect, and like you didn't have oh, that yeah, disdain yeah, I, for him. hundred yeah, percent correct. Do you, have you changed since the then? Now that I hate it. I hate it. I hate it like being buddy buddy with him. You know, I'm feeling like that's what Connor and Dang, um, Connor and um, and Poirier. Um, what's the guy Poirier? Yeah. yeah, I believe that's what Connor regrets too, like being buddy buddy with um Poirier. Yeah. And so it's like you just you gotta go in this thing with a different type of mindset. You like, s- kill or be killed. Nobody your friend, and everybody against you. Yeah, you just got to make it up in your head that he said something terrible about you. I, 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 I used to tell you just pretend, uh, pretend he called you the N word or something like that. That'll piss you off, and that, oh. that's the way to do it. <laughs> yeah, I do, I do. Uh, well, Derek, I, I hope that you do not blow the first pitch tonight. Um, I, I that would be very disappointing if you're on Sports Center for all the wrong reasons. If the, I mean, if you go viral, all, you, all these vi- these knockout videos are viral. Just imagine you throw like, yeah. a, a pitch like Fifty Cent. And it you know shoots over the dugout or something like that. You're gonna you're gonna be the laughing stock of uh, of France once. Uh, I'm gonna ask for a redo, and I'm not gonna leave the field until they give me a redo. <laughs> <laughs> you, say, you better get me off this mound if you don't think I'm gonna throw it again. It's a delay a game. I'm gonna have to do a redo until I get it right. <laughs> uh, that's Derek Lewis. He is fighting next month, August seventh, on pay per view. Uh, for the the interim world heavyweight title, uh, I fully expect him to to do Houston proud once again, and uh, and I think before long we'll be hearing a, another another matchup with Francis Ngannou, which a lot of people forget. Derek won that fight when they fought. I, you'll see if if you believe Twitter dot com, Francis Ngannou will destroy Derek Lewis, and it, it's almost like he had a chance and it threw three punches in a whole fight. Uh, but people people tend to forget that stuff. Derek, uh, I, I'm excited for you, man. Congratulations, brother. And um, and I, I'm, I'm sure I'll see you out in Vegas here pretty soon. Oh, for sure. I'll for sure see you out there in Vegas. And good luck to you, and thank you so much. All right, man. That's Derek Lewis, Black Beast, uh, Houston's finest, and future world heavyweight champion, I do believe. So uh, 
appreciate him giving us the time today. That's uh, it's always fun to talk to him, catch up with him. Now I want to watch him throw out the first pitch. Oh yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, we're gonna take a very quick break. Don't go anywhere. It's the Blitz on ESPN ninety seven five ninety two five. ESPN 97.5 You are listening to The Blitz on ESPN 97.5 And on ESPN 92.5 Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios Here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman and we're back on the Blitz. So, interesting uh, interesting story. I don't know if you guys got to this yesterday either. I apologize. I, I didn't listen. ESPN reporting that the uh, Pistons will actively explore the possibility of trading the number one pick for additional assets. That's wise, I think. Cleveland, Houston, Oklahoma City, and New Orleans are said to be among oh, the teams looking to engage the Pistons. Don't do that, Houston. No. No. Let someone else do it. Yeah, that's that. That's one of the things that I don't want to hear. I don't want to hear Houston's looking to trade for the one. I don't want to hear Houston's looking to trade out of the two. Yeah. Unless they feel like they could still get Jalen Suggs at three or four. Yeah. yeah. But I want if, them to get Jalen Suggs. I, I'm almost certain now, I was talking to my son about this, I'm almost certain now they're not going to take Jalen Suggs. Because almost every mock draft I see has Jalen Suggs at four, and it's yeah. either Mobley or Jalen Green. And the, and I and I think Suggs is still I still think he's my favorite player in this draft. I just I don't think that's where they're going to go. The last story I saw made it sound like Green is their preference. Okay, and so they, now, what they're I, looking for is a ball dominant scorer that doesn't care about defense. Almost like we've played that game before here. Uh, whatever do you mean, sir? Well, I, I forgot. James Harden was an elite post defender. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone will tell well, you that. And I didn't see enough of Green to make a, a judgment on whether he's I, good I or not. But I've watched some film on him. He's very aloof defensively. Uh, he's he's explosive, but he also averaged 17 points in 15 games, and, and that's supposed to be an elite score. Yeah. yeah that, that concerns me a little. But, uh, hey, if Suggs winds up with the, with the Raptors, I'd be okay with that. Rather he be here. Yeah. But... Yeah, I don't want to see any. Uh, I don't want to see any trading up. Um, a couple of uh, football items, if you will. So apparently, you know, there was a big story that the CFL and the XFL were talking about maybe a merger, a merger of sorts. Apparently, that's because both neither one is viable on its own at this point. Uh, I, I think it would have made a lot of sense for both, but apparently, that's off, and I think it's because. The XFL is now pushed back to 2023. So there's a good uh, chance it, there's a good chance it never comes back. Um, and CFL said they remain open to finding new ways to work together in the future. But I think actually getting back on the field is kind of a big deal for them. Yeah. And they don't appear like I, you don't think they're close, right? Uh, the Given X- the situation in Canada. Oh, no, no. They, they actually have announced that the season will start in August. Okay. It's going to be like normal. It's going to be 14 games instead of 18. Okay. So it'll be a shorter season. But yes, they are they are planning to play, and there will be fans in the stands. Uh, there will be limited fans, okay, and that's the problem because that's where the CFL makes its money. That's what I'm saying. Huh? They don't they don't have the big TV deal, so. Uh, but I, I don't know. It's going to be different everywhere. But by then, 
I mean, I think they're hopeful that the stadiums will be pretty full. But they are going to have a season this year. You see, you see who, uh, in fact, see, you, you wouldn't have seen this, but the... Uh, oh, I wouldn't have? Uh, the, the Rough Riders signed one guy that I was really wrong about, a quarterback. Good old, John Manziel. No, Paxton Lynch. <laughs> yes. So, uh, who knows? Maybe he'll turn out to, to be okay. So, now he's your favorite player? Uh, well, it depends. Like, you loved him, Now then he sucked. And now you love him again? No, he's got to play well. If he goes out there and sucks up there, then he's sucking for a team I actually care about. Okay, that'd be different. Uh, that's, that's different than sucking for the for the Broncos and me just being wrong about the guy being able to play. <laughs> I, you know, I don't know how... Well, no, I was wrong. There's no way around it. I just... The guy had has the tools. I just didn't realize he was a... A tool. And just not the smartest guy. Um, also, if you saw this, but your buddy Kyle Shanahan... Admits he wasn't happy about it when the Rams acquired Matthew Stafford. Uh, because for two reasons, it made a division rival better. And because the 49ers thought they could make a move to land Stafford. Ah, okay. Uh, he said he said that's it was the inside upset. baseball I'm here for. Inside football, technically, but that you know what I mean. Yeah. I want to, I want to hear coaches say stuff like that. Yeah, he says, that was frustrating. Everyone was telling me it was a possibility, and Stafford is a man. I studied him hard coming out of college, and we played against him, so we know how good he is. And uh, then McVeigh said, if it makes you feel any better, it came together faster than I thought too, Kyle. <laughs> so, um, yeah, apparently the several teams had showed interest, but Shanahan previously made clear how much he wanted Stafford and how disappointed he was when the Rams made a deal with the Lions first. So the 49ers had been in touch with Stafford's agent, but didn't realize that the Rams were so close to getting a deal done. Said the night the Rams and Lions agreed to their deal, someone in the know called him and said, if you want Stafford, you need to get a hold of him right now. And then only minutes later, news broke the deal was done. Damn. So. Are they going to show the first pitch on the Astros broadcast? They usually don't. They should. They may tweet it out because he's obviously a Houston. He's like, a celebrity. Houston celebrity, yeah. So they may have the video of it and put it out there okay. on the socials. Well, we could put it on the pregame when it comes time, right? I see this, yeah. Because uh, if, if you're going to show somebody throw a first pitch, wouldn't it be Derek? Now, if he does throw a bad one, is anybody going to have the balls to say anything to him? I don't know. I don't know. I'm trying to think of the people who have thrown the worst first pitches in history. And I know... Um, 50 cents was really, really bad. Uh, Baba Booey was from the Howard Stern show was really bad. Uh, I know Snoop Dogg had a bad one. I know John Wall had a really bad one. Um, so there, there's been some some big time celebrities who have had really bad. Carl Lewis had a bad one. Well, I thought that was the national anthem was Carl Lewis. Oh, no, he's done both. Okay. And he's done both really poorly. The national anthem was at a basketball game, if I'm not mistaken. The first pitch was, I, I want to say it was a Mariners game. Mm. Go, go find the video of Carl Lewis uh, throwing out the first pitch. Um, I, I'm trying to think who else has a, a big... Uh, a, a, so I, wanna, I just Googled uh, worst first pitches and michael jordan made the oh list yeah michael jordan had a bad one at number uh, 10 i want for the cubs right yeah yeah miss texas which is uh 
That's Carlos Correa's wife. Oh, was it her? That was in 2016. Oh, you know who has a horrendous one that you can Google? David Johnson, running back of the Texans. Really? Yeah, he made the list. He was number 12, okay. I believe. Or that, 13. That's a good one, too. So there's some, there's some bad ones, man. I, I hope Derek's doesn't go that badly, but I kind of want it to. I, I, I mean, Derek's my friend, so I don't want to see him fail. But if he's going to fail at anything, I'd much rather him fail here than in a fight. So, and like that's something you can have good natured ribbing over. So yeah. I, I'm hoping that that happens. Carl Lewis, right here in 2003, horrendous first pitch. He was the third on the list. Who's the, who's number? Who, well, we'll give number, me like the, number two is 50 Cent. You already had him. Okay. And then uh, I don't know if you're going to guess number one. He's a mayor. Oh, I don't know then. Cincinnati Mayor Mark Mallory. No, no, I don't know anything about him. I've never heard of that man. His uh, had to be really bad. Uh, a couple other people. Jordan Leandre, I don't know who that is. Made up person. Yeah. Uh, Carly Rae Jepsen. There's two Miss Texases on here. Two different ones. Oh, no. Carly Rae Jepsen, John Wall. You pretty much named them all. Baba Booey, Snoop Dogg, and Bruce Willis. Bruce Willis makes the, the list. list. I've never seen his bad pitch. Yeah. What team was Bruce Willis pitching for? He was that was at a Phillies game. Oh, he bounced it though. So <laughs> I don't know. That, that's that's the, the last time I did it. I bounced it. Oh no! I was at uh, I was at a Rice game, and I was trying to I was trying to wing it. You know, yeah. threw it sidearm and was trying to wing it in there pretty good. And it it did have some a little heat on it, but yeah, it bounced like three times. Oh, it was pretty embarrassing. I was afraid I was going to hurt the catcher. I but. mean, bouncing it. As opposed to going wide, left, or right. I, but then bouncing it brings into question if you've got the arm strength to get it there. That's, that's the problem right. with it. Right. That's, that's the big issue with it. Like you'd rather, if, you, if you have the choice of throwing it 10 feet over the catcher's head or bouncing it to the catcher, you want to throw it 10 feet over the catcher's head. See, and now I, I probably would. would you, I would just pop gun it now. You so you would do it if someone asked you to? Uh, depends. That, ever since I found out that uh, our old buddy Grease Monkey threw out a first pitch, uh huh, at an Astros like, game, yeah. Oh wow, he had it uh, framed and everything. Yeah, I've never that done was that. Whatever, well, he, that was whenever he was working for one hundred and one. Oh okay, but ever I used since to do I it found at that a, out, I was like, dude, I want to throw a first pitch out. I used to do it at Round Rock Express games all the time. Uh, in the, the Skeeters too. Oh, I did do one at the Skeeters, yeah. yeah. But, I, yeah, I've never done it at a major league game. There's got to be so much pressure. I mean, it, that's... I mean, here there's not that many people in the ballpark. You're no, probably... but it, it doesn't matter. YouTube exists. Yeah. That's true. I yeah, mean, you, you screw that up and you're you're going viral for all the wrong reasons. That's that's why there's so much pressure. It's not that, like, all oh, the pressure of making... Like, it's the pressure of if you blow it, it's there forever. Just get out there and... Clear the mechanism and then, man, fire it in there. <laughs> yeah, I, and you would do it now, huh? I would. You wouldn't worry about the the negative no. possibility. I can make it to the mound. I'm fine. Okay. Yeah. When's the last time you threw a baseball? I mean, I've thrown a football. Like I can easily throw a baseball further than I throw a base or than a football. So I'm good. Okay. Yeah. But when, well, you didn't answer. When's the last time you threw a baseball? I mean. I don't know. Ten years? No, probably like four. Oh, okay, that's not that bad. 
I'd have to like play catch for an hour before I would even think about doing it. That, that that's the right move. Warm up. Yeah. But then now you're an old man. You might be worn out. I know. I might, my my arm may fall off. That's right. No, actually, I was at uh, you know the the how they have the uh, simulator at the place in Beaumont, five under. Yeah. They yeah. have the simulator where oh, yeah, you throw yeah, the yeah. baseball. I did it uh, at a place like that. Okay. Maybe like a month ago. So I'm definitely good. <laughs> well. I'm not famous enough to get asked, but I'd probably do it. I mean, but I'd I'd want to practice first. So, all right. 713-780-ESPN is your number. I've got another giveaway for you guys at some point this hour. So stick around for that. And uh, we come back. I've got uh, got something I want to get to involving gymnast Simone Biles and a Houston Texan. Oh, she's very tiny. I hope it's Laramie Tunsil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, you're just going to have to wait until we come back and tell people about us. Oh, okay. Allstate. Allstate windows and siding. Man, it, these guys are game changers. And the windows that I put in my house, we we're going to replace one window that my wife broke during the hurricane prep. All right, but I, I digress. Did she throw a baseball through it? No, she uh, she was trying to move the grill uh, up closer to the house and busted the window with it. So we were going to replace that one window, and then they came out and showed us their windows. And then my wife said, "Yeah, we'll just take all new windows, like the whole thing. Let's just do the whole the whole house." And I was like, "Oh, I don't know," but turns out it was the right move. Uh, saved forty percent of my electric bill once we got them put in, and on top of that. When I, when I went to sell the house, it was a huge selling point. People were, were fascinated by it. They look great. Uh, there's a, a lifetime transferable warranty, so that was something they were looking forward to. Uh, so whether you're, whether you're selling, whether you're not, it's a great investment. Allstate siding and windows, uh, you want the best rate, you call Allstate, 832-204-1936. 25% off all window packages just for listening to our show. That's allstatesidingandwindows.com. ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Wheel Fun Sports. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. 713-780-ESPN is your number. So I uh, promised you a little Simone Biles news. Apparently she's doing a Facebook Watch docuseries called Simone versus Herself. With uh, they're dropping episodes every week, dropping them. Yeah, when it's hot. And one one last week, apparently, uh, it's her boyfriend who is a Houston Texan, and uh, she says we vibe on the same level. We have the same kind of humor. We're both athletic. We're both elite athletes, so we definitely get each other. It was like it was meant to be. It has to be Laramie Tunsil. Um, she, she, Are there uh, other elite athletes on the Texans? I'll tell you. <laughs> says her work ethic was really the first thing that caught my eye. I never really watched gymnastics before I started talking to her. When I met her, I honestly didn't know who she was. It was just kind of like, oh, she's got a lot of followers. You know, she must be pretty good or something. That's how I would tell people. And they're like, Simone Biles, you for real, the gymnast? And I'm like, man, she's good like that? Like, I didn't know. 
He didn't know who she was. Who is this? Um, okay, this is the fun part. Please be John Weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no. Who would? Let's, what's the funniest possible answer to this question? Well, John Weeks is probably the funniest, but... Is Colin Gillespie Toro? a funny answer also? Uh, Toro would be good, a good answer. How about Jonathan Owens? What's your first thought? Who? Exactly. Uh, uh, I don't uh, know if he's an elite athlete. It, I know he's a safety. Yeah, he is a safety. He got uh, that right. Ooh. I, I don't know. And I, I, I know he played small college football. Okay. I literally don't know anything else about, uh, about Jonathan Owens. Wow. Well, good for him, I guess. Yeah, he played at, in Missouri Western. That's a made-up college. Uh, he was with the. He signed on September 30, twenty nineteen, to the practice squad. Okay. Promoted to the active roster in November twenty nineteen. Waived two days later and re-signed <laughs> to the practice squad. He signed a reserve future contract on January 13, twenty twenty. He was waived in September, uh, and then uh, did play five uh, weeks five and six against the Jags and Titans and reverted to the practice squad. Well, listen. On December 12, 2020, he was signed to the active roster. Now, imagine being a, a safety in the NFL who's not good enough to crack the Texans. Right. That's bad. Yeah. But, hey, it, well, let's face it. If he weren't dating Simone Biles, like he's saying, I didn't know who she was. Trust me, Jonathan. If you weren't dating Simone Biles, literally no one would know who you were. I, I, hell, I knew you were a safety, and I feel like I know more than the average person. Yeah, I, I I knew you were a safety who went to a small college. I didn't know yeah. what college. Yeah, yeah, that, that, but I knew you were a small college safety though, and I feel like that's more information than the average Joe could give you. Yeah, uh, I I'm sure that there are season ticket holders and like you know Toro Mike and people like that on Twitter who are like who I don't remember him. So uh, yeah, I just I just thought that was kind of funny that. He didn't know who she was, and we're kind of like, oh, okay, maybe, maybe people ought to know who you are. Just a thought. Yeah, I mean, you could go down the roster, and I bet you get through twenty names before you get to Jonathan Owens. Yeah, maybe, maybe more than that. So I just thought that was interesting. I mean, she is like the best in the world at what she does. Yeah, so I, I think that I, I would call that elite, definitely. Well, it was nice of her to say we're both elite athletes. Like, yeah. So for her to say that about him was that's a really it's really nice of her. Like that's a good that's a woman who who uh pumps up her man. Cuz she could say like we're both athletes. Right. I mean, I'm at, I'm at the at the peak of my athletic career and he's got a job still. <laughs> that's what she could have said, but she's like no, we're both elite athletes. Like somehow they're on the same level. Yeah, that's very nice of her. That is very nice of her. I I, I mean, that's a good woman. Yeah. So uh a little, little more NFL for you. Uh, basically, there's seven players that could still be traded before the NFL season starts. All right. And you tell me. Is Deshaun Watson on this list? Uh, yes, Deshaun Watson is on this list. I don't think it's happening before the season starts. I don't I, think so either. I think, you know, whatever happens with him, is it's next year. But these are these are the names. Zach Ertz, we've heard a lot about. Um Who's the who? Who made this uh, list? This is from Bleacher Report. Okay, 
and they say potential suitors, Colts and Jaguars. I heard your Bills were interested in him. I've heard that too. Is Aaron Rodgers on this Aaron list? Aaron Rodgers is on this list, yes. Is um, Stefan Gilmore. Stefan Gilmore, definitely on this list. I know, this game's too easy. Browns and C. It's about to get harder. Is Nicholas Foles on this list? Nick Foles is on the list. How many is that? That's, uh, I think that's four. You got three left? Um, I might be out of gas. Uh, Th- those are the relatively easy ones. Although, I, I would say... Nicholas Foles, not that easy, but well, I mean they they hired his replacement already. They know the writing's on the wall for him, right? Uh, I think, okay. but these also said it was the seven best players, and it was Nick. Foles. Oh, I I just thought it was the yeah. seven most likely players. No, no I I don't know anymore. That's that was the end of my run. Uh, I'll you give me the last couple. Uh, I'll I'll give you a team, and there's two from this team. See if you can get that. How's that? Two okay. from the same team. Yeah. Arizona Cardinals. Ooh, is one Chandler Jones. Uh, Chandler Jones is one of those. Offense or defense for the other guy? Defense. Jordan Hicks? Yeah. I am really good at that game. you got to admit. I, I mean, gave you a hint now. Yeah, Come you on. did give me a hint. That, that's a pretty big hint. All right. And yeah, I think that's all of them. Or did you, Okay, so we had Ertz. We had Foles. We had Gilmore. We had Chandler Jones, had Jordan Hicks, Aaron Rodgers, Air Humper. That's your seven. All right. So yeah, you got it. You got them all. Went with a little, a little uh, help, but uh, potential suitors for Air Humper, Denver Broncos, Miami Dolphins. I, I think the Dolphins train is that, that that train has left the station. I think. Who was the other one? Uh, Denver. Uh, well, Denver will take anybody. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I, I I don't think the Dolphins... Like, what sense does it make for the Dolphins now? Well, I mean, still an upgrade over what Tua was. Well, I, I still think Tua is going to be fine. Who do you think will put up better numbers this year? Hmm? <laughs> I, Actually, let me rephrase that. Who do you think will put up numbers this year? <laughs> well... Which numbers are we talking about? Because 22, 22 is a good number. 22 is a really good number. And that's going to be Strong. better. Than it's going to be hard to beat. Anything Tua does is not going to match up to that. Uh, Razor mentioned Xavier Howard. That, that's a, uh, he, I should have thought of yeah, him, honestly. He should have been on that list. But if I'm the Dolphins, I don't care what you say, bub. You're you're here. Yeah. And you just, that, you're not better getting rid of that guy. Because that, that's a difference maker on defense. And... Man, you put him on on any defense; it's instantly better. So I, I I don't I think they should they would be dumb to do that. Um, Texans were smart; they'd retain Owens because they're going to need Biles in the stands to get fans there. Mm, that's a good point. Yeah, I, I think uh, she can come out and sing a, sing the national anthem with Clay Walker. That'll get the butts in seats. Yeah, I, don't, I, don't. I think uh, it's going to be real interesting to see what the ticket sales actually look like this year because I'm, I'm thinking that wait list is a thing of the past. Certainly a thing of the past. I mean, the wait list is gone They're, They've called everybody and there's people who are like, no, nah, I'm good. Well, sir, you've been on the wait list for eight years. No, nah, I'm still all right. I'm waiting on you to get rid of Jack Easterby. And then we'll talk. Yeah, this is uh I hope this is a wake-up call for them. 
to realize that they just can't bend fans over and do them like they've done for all these, especially the last couple of years. Oh, Asterag, what are the odds two with those more interceptions and Watson had lawsuits against him? No, I don't Ooh, think that'll happen. 22 is a big number. That's a stout number, man. Yeah. They'd bench him if it were that many because they're going to be competitors. Yeah, I'm going to say no way. They're, they're going to be in contention. So I, Although, I, wait a minute. You could get some of these lawsuits dropped. No, well, that's true. Before they actually get there. So I still think him throwing 15 would be a stretch. Because I, I, for one thing, I don't think he's going to throw the ball that much. And if he does, then he's probably like 13 and 15. And that's, uh, you're not going to keep your job doing that. No. Just fans that Simone should have just said, Google me, bitch. <laughs> yeah. That, that's, that's, that'd be something. Yeah. It'd be easier to figure out. So we had two and 14 year when Kubiak got fired. The stadium was nowhere near capacity the last three or four home games. Yeah, but all the tickets were sold. So they still, yeah. they still cashed on that. And, and they've had years like that where it got down to the end of the year and it, it wasn't full. So. Yeah, it's uh, there. They'll and they'll be easy to get tickets, which you haven't been able to like. I bet you get club seats now. You could probably get them for under hundred bucks on the resale market, and those things used to be three fifty, yep. four hundred. So, so for what it's worth, Texans didn't call me for tickets. I put my name on the list last week. You're the one. You're the guy. Congratulations. Yep. Hey, look. If you just want to go and tailgate and watch the other teams. Then, uh, you know, that's, I mean, that's your choice. And, and, and if you like, if you like the Texans and you think that Nick Casario is somehow going to turn this thing around over the next three years, then now's the time to go on and get your tickets. Get in cheap, right? Yeah. You know, buy low. If you buy the dip. Exactly. All right. What do we have here? Oh, Carbach. Oh, my good friends at Carbach. Uh, guys, if you are looking for a delightful beer to sip on this week, Carbach's got you covered. Uh, whether you want, you know, I'm going to the uh, the Astros game tomorrow, so I'll have some Crawford Bach while I'm there. It's a great, it's the best ballpark beer. Uh, way better than whatever they call the same beer when it's repackaged in Arlington. That, that it's, it's less good then. But when it's Crawford Bach, it's delicious. And if you're not into that, they've got Love Street. They've got a, a ton of different IPAs. If you go down to the brewery itself, you can get beers there that you won't be able to find anywhere else in the city or maybe even anywhere else in the world. Uh, and they've also got the Ranch Water, which is a great option if you're not into beer. Uh, but there is something for everybody at Carbach. They're open seven days a week for lunch and dinner down at the restaurant. Fantastic meals, great pizza, steaks, salads, burgers. I love the Korean fried chicken. I love the poutine. It's just delicious stuff. We're going to actually do a show out there July 3rd. The last show of the Blitz will be out there at Carbach. Uh, so stop by, check us out then. But stop by and check it, check it out before then. And when you're out and about this week, make sure you grab yourself some Carbach. My name is Stephen A. Smith, and you're listening to 98.7. Wait, what? I said 98.7, that's my show. Let's try this one more time, okay? My name is Stephen A. Smith, and you're listening to 97.5 FM. This is The Blitz on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 92.5. Live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios, here's Fred Fowler and A.J. Hoffman. And we're back on The Blitz. 
Here's your chance to win a four-pack of tickets to see Vegas Stars this Saturday, July 10th at Lagoon Fest, Texas. You and three friends also win an afternoon pass to the Lagoon, so come early and take a dip before the concert. Lagoon Fest, Texas is the largest lagoon in Texas, located in Texas City. Summer Concert Series is just kicking off, so keep listening to win tickets to other shows all summer long. See a list of live concerts and get tickets now at LagoonFestTexas.com. At 5.50, we'll take caller three. So the guy who said he reached out on Texans tickets says, oh, I'm not buying, just checking to see if the weight still exists. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well played, sir. Well played. Um, Yeah. All right. uh, Let's do the Zadok Jewelers Gym of the Day. The Gym of the Day. It's the Gym of the Day. The Zadok Jeweler Gym of the Day. All right, um, I've got another animal story. The animals are starting to take over. Is it apes? Uh, no. Good. No, this is an African cat, a serval, an exotic cat native to Africa. Okay. A woman in Atlanta was uh, woke up to a surprise. In Atlanta? Atlanta, Georgia. Not Atlanta, Africa, where no. this cat's supposed no, to be? No, this cat was supposed to be in Africa. Instead, the cat's in Atlanta, Georgia. And uh, now, I don't know everything about serval cats, but from what I understand, they are—they're not like a big cat. Yeah, this one's like two and a half feet tall. So, like, oh, that's bigger than I thought. Uh, but I thought they were like um, they're almost small. like really large house cats. Um, yeah, I would say kind of like smaller. Maybe like double the size of a regular house cat. Yeah, yeah, but definitely not the size of a leopard. No, no. Or a cheetah. Let me see what they let, let me uh, look up what their weight is. Yeah, I'm guessing about 30 pounds, but this one was about two and a half feet tall. Well, that's pretty tall. Yeah. Um, Let's see. Okay. So it says here that they uh, typically weigh uh, between 20 and 40 pounds. Okay, so 30 wasn't a bad guess. No. And they stand between 21 to 24 inches. I think maybe she made up that it was two and a half yeah. feet tall. Yeah, I think she added a half Like the foot. biggest one is 24 inches. So yeah. uh, it says they've got small heads, large ears, and a golden yellow coat. Spotted and striped with black and a short black tip tail. Has the longest legs of any cat relative to its body size. Well, that's why that she thought it was taller. Yeah. Like sometimes, if you're if most of your body's made up of legs, it looks taller. But uh, she woke up and guess what was in bed with her? A serval cat. A serval cat. I knew you were going to say that yeah. somehow. Uh, and said the cat came into her house shortly after her husband took their dog outside. So yeah, the cat was smart. Saying, "I wait till that dog gets out of here." She said the cat was just six inches from her face. She scared it off the bed. I said, "That's not a normal house cat." I don't know what that is, but I'm terrified right now. She uh, slowly got out of the room, and the husband opened a bedroom door that led outside, allowing the cat to leave the house. Afterwards, I was like, was that a bobcat? Was it a leopard? Was it a baby? Was it a mom? She called Animal Control, and uh, they told her to contact the Department of Natural Resources, which is now investigating. It still kind of terrifies me because that cat is illegal, and there's a reason it's illegal. Here's what I think. I think I, I really don't know what it's capable of doing. I think she smuggled the cat in like that tiger guy in Houston a couple months ago and yeah. she didn't want to get in trouble. So she's like, Oh, I better get rid of this thing. How do I get rid of it without getting in trouble? I know I'll say it broke into my house. 
maybe she never told her husband about the cat either. Maybe well, and if if she's willing to do that, maybe there's a lot of stuff she hasn't told her husband. Probably. And yeah, I'm just. Uh, but uh, apparently, the uh, the wildlife folks said uh, this demonstrates the importance of prohibiting wildcat ownership because it puts other community members at risk. Wildcats are not meant for private possession. The wildcat trade in this country is really not well regulated, which results in many species of wildcats. Ask Tiger King. Including servals living out their lives in private homes, which are not adequate environments for the natural behaviors they exhibit, such as eating human beings. Yeah. Um, I've often asked, do you think if, and you have a cat in your house, you used to have two, if they were big enough, would they eat you? Oh, God, yeah. I, I believe that, uh, too. The one, the one that's still alive is big enough to eat me. He's a big fat thing. Yeah, even if you like, God forbid you pass away, that cat will probably like start nibbling on you at a certain point. Mm. If you pass away in your house, I hear that happens a lot. Well, that is your Sad Eye Jewelers Gym of the Day. The Gym of the Day. It's the Gym of the Day. The Sad Jeweler Gym of the Day. Do you hear what uh, what Sonny Gray did today? No, he's still alive. Yeah, Sonny Gray pitches for the Cincinnati. I like to say Cincinnati, not Cincinnati. Uh, the, the Reds, the Communists, yeah. the Red Legs, and um, he, the Reds, who by the way, probably better than you think. They're above five hundred. They're in second place in the NL Central. Not that that's saying a whole lot, but it's saying something. Uh, they won a baseball match today by a score of five to two, and apparently, the, he Sonny Gray gave up two runs in the fourth inning, and for whatever reason, he he didn't like what had happened. So, between the fourth and fifth inning, he stripped naked and changed everything but his cleats to quote reset and start over. And he retired the next nine in order, and the uh, the red the Cincinnati Reds came back to win five to two, and Sonny Gray got the victory. Oh, well, good for him! How come you never do that in the middle of a bad show? Just strip down and come back wearing new clothes to reset. Um, I have done that before. Oh, really? Yeah. In the middle of an episode? Yeah. Oh, yeah. There was one day when I did a video. It, it and, didn't work. And was overdressed, and I'm like, it, it you know, didn't screw work. it. I'm going. Yeah. I mean, the show still sucks. <laughs> I mean, I was just as bad when I came back as I was before, but, you know, these things happen. So, can I give you a movie not to watch? Oh, yes. The Tomorrow War. Uh, what's, what's it come on? It's on uh, Amazon. Okay. It's uh, Chris Pratt and pretty good cast, uh, but it's it's bad time travel is what it is. Oh, I don't like and, regular good time travel. Yeah, and it, it just... Uh, I was, I mean, I thought the acting was pretty good, but it was, the, the writing was so lazy. It was just every trope that you could possibly come up with. Oh, the little kid in the beginning is going to have something to do with the end and the dad he's going to get reconnected with. And, you know, all, all, all these little, uh, just obvious foreshadowings. It was just kind of lazy writing and it was disappointing. Okay. And, um, I, I really think it, it, it was, and I, I get it that. I mean, everybody's doing LCD stuff now. They're, they're doing stuff where people don't have to think. 
And so we'll, we won't really explain time travel. We'll just say, oh, well, we barely developed the tech. Um, but it, it was, it, it, it's okay if you, if you just like basically, you know, some good fights and some, uh, if you don't want to think, it's like if you're in a John Wick kind of mood, it's fine. I want, I started to watch, I should say, a, uh, a movie on Netflix called Fear Street Part One. And uh, it's terrible. I got I, 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 about 20 minutes in. I was like, I can't, I can't watch. I can't do this anymore. This is awful, awful, awful. And apparently there's more to come of these. There's two more. There's two more parts. Yeah. They, they lost me on the first one. So they, if they had if uh, now you would think if they were putting it out like that, the first one would have been the best. They didn't start with their strongest stuff. Did you watch it? No, I have not. I didn't. I was interested in it, but now probably not. I like anything that's like a, a sort of a scary movie. Like I watched a movie called Hush. Uh, so, but my wife and kids have been out of town. So basically, every night I, I stay up until like two in the morning watching scary movies. That's what I do now with my life. Um, so I watched this movie Hush, where this deaf lady, she's a deaf mute, and some guy comes and tries to kill her at her house. And like she can't, she can't call for help. Like it's a, it's a whole thing. But uh, but that was pretty good. And then I watched a movie with Keanu Reeves called Knock Knock. Dude, I told you about this movie probably months ago. I told you it was the worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and clearly, you didn't listen. I didn't. Yeah, I, listen. If you told me that it was in one ear out the other, and I probably thought, listen, I'm not watching a Keanu Reeves movie. Someone recommended Knock Knock to me. <laughs> it never. Okay. If that person was a friend, you should probably delete their number out of your phone. It was a woman. Oh. Mm. Um, and now I've learned. Now I know. But uh, Knock Knock, as Tyler was alluding to, is it, so it's an Eli Roth movie. And if you know anything about Eli Roth movies... Pretty much all of his movies leave you wondering at the end if that was good or terrible, and this do- this doesn't disappoint. Like there are there are things about the movie that are good. There are parts, yes, and there's a lot that's terrible. So at the end, like a typical Eli Roth movie, maybe you've seen Cap. Uh, what's it called? Cabin Fever. At the end of Cabin, Cabin Fever, Fever, you yeah. say, "Was that movie awful, or was I entertained by that?" And was you he, look- did he do Cabin Fever? Yeah. Yep, he did Hostel. Uh, Hostel is good. Hostel is good. Yeah, it's probably Hostel two, not so much. No, but um, the what what this movie will do, knock knock, and maybe my timing was really bad on this because all my family's out of town, and the the premise of the movie is Keanu Reeves is a happily married man with a family, and these two chicks come by his house. Like young chicks, and they basically seduce him. They need help. They're, yeah, their cars broke down. Yeah, or, yeah they, they got can't find up. a cab. Yeah, yeah. They're, it's raining, and they're like, "Oh, please help us!" Blah blah blah. And he brings them in. He's trying to be like kind of nice, but he's also trying to shoo them along. He calls them an Uber, and by the time the Uber gets there, they both get naked, and they end up uh, going to town. So he tried to fight the good fight for a little bit, but then he was he was weak in the end. Mm. And then it turns out I'm going to ruin this movie for you guys, so you don't that, watch it. That's okay. 
And, and it's already been ruined for me. So, so what okay. they do is these women, uh, they won't leave. And now they start messing up his house. Um, and he's like, you got to get the hell out of here. His wife's an artist. They mess up all, all her, her art that she's about to sell. Yeah. That's why she's out of town trying to sell it. So it's a, it's a whole disaster situation. And it made me think, oh, my God. I mean, listen, if you can't trust some random chicks who knock on your door and just want to have sex with you when your family's gone, who can you trust? So that kept me on my uh, on my P's and Q's this week, mm. and I minded my P's and Q's because of that movie. I said, I you know what? I, that ain't happening to me. Now, luckily, the only person who came to my house was my brother and the pizza delivery man, and neither one of them seemed particularly interested in a threesome, so that was good. <laughs> uh, but you could have got some pizza out of it. Well, I got pizza. I just yeah. pa- I just yeah. paid like twenty oh. bucks for it. I will. The only good thing about that movie is it produced one of the funnier meme templates, where he's buried in the backyard and they're showing him the phone. And he's like, Ugh. yeah. If you've seen that yeah. meme, that's where that movie comes from. Okay. Yeah. Um, they also convince him that um, that he's being punished because he's a pedophile, and they both tell him they're underage. After after they do it, they're like, we're underage. Uh, one of them has fake breasts. Dead giveaway. You're not 16 with fake jugs, lady. Come on. Mm. Yeah, the uh, a lot of people like the Tomorrow War. I, I I could see why people would like it. I just thought it was lazy and was disappointing. I I, I did like the acting, but I, I I don't think you would like it. I know you wouldn't. Well, uh, I know you wouldn't like any movie. Any movie with Keanu Reeves acting, it's, that, it's not good. That's not true. That's not true. I Where's like, Keanu I, Reeves been a good actor? Well, I don't need I'm him. not talking about making a good movie. I'm like, I don't did need you ever him think, to be a good actor. Did you ever think, man, Keanu Reeves is really selling this part? No, I don't I don't need him to do that. I, okay, because it's never happened in the point history. Point break. No, stop that. That's he like was, one of the worst acted movies. I know. I love uh, that movie, though. Sure, but, sure it's, a, it's a fun movie. But like, I, I love the John Wick movies. They're not acting. That's okay. I don't need him to act. Keanu Reeves is potentially the worst actor of our generation. Eh, you said that about Nick Cage. You got to make up your mind, bro. Keanu uh, Reeves is worse than Nick Cage. Ooh. Busey, maybe. Uh, yeah. Also in Point Break. Yeah. Yeah. That that was a that was a combination of suck. What was the one he did when he was young about the Stephen King one about the kid in the But Gary Busey has to be at least somewhat of a good actor cuz he's not handsome. Hey, you know what he was good in? That Buddy Holly story. Yeah, he was pretty good in that. Yeah, if you're if you're not handsome and you get put in a bunch of movies, you got something going for you. Yeah, uh, or you're just really scary looking. Yeah, like he's, the guy that plays Machete. Which, yeah, like he, he's Danny not Trejo. handsome. Danny yeah. Trejo, he's not yeah. handsome, but he's always in movies. He, he knows he got typecast. There's got one part big, was like trending on Twitter the other day. Yeah, he didn't care. Fifty five percent from the people on Rotten Tomatoes. Forty five percent from Metacritic. On your space, your time yeah, I, I kind of feel like uh, uh, I kind of feel like if the critics hate it that much, that I should be nicer to it. And no, Lamont, we, Keanu Reeves is not in Tomorrow's War. He's in the Knock Knock movie. The Knock Knock movie does have two naked chicks, though. So that yeah, you could probably cut out after that. Yeah, that's only about like twenty minutes in. Yeah. Mm. Also, never watch that movie with your wife. Yeah, yes. So or I say, your girlfriend. I say it was a bad time for me to watch it with my family gone. The they only time it could have been worse time. if my family was there. That would have been worse. All right, quick break. It's the Blitz on ESPN 97.5, 92.5.